0: This is Jim Laws along with Nat Ayers coming to you today on the Gospel is for All Internet Radio Broadcast. This radio program is brought to you by the Broadway Church of Christ in Tyler, Texas. We're always delighted to be with you in our Internet Bible study, and I hope you have a Bible and will follow along with us as we look at its pages today. While you do that, why not visit with us at Broadway? We meet every Sunday at 9 for... Bible classes intend for worship, and then worship again at 6 p.m. Then on Wednesday evening, Bible study at 7 o'clock. You will always receive a very warm and cordial invitation to come and be with us at Broadway. And so take the time, the opportunity, whenever in Tyler, to visit with us at the Broadway Church of Christ. Nat, today I'd like for us to study from the Bible Mark chapter 4. And there's a particular phrase in Mark 4 that I'd like for us to focus on, but Before we do that, let's read this story about the life of Jesus calming the storm. You're probably familiar with it. It's found for us in Mark chapter 4, and I'm looking at verses 35 through 41. So if you have your Bible, turn to that passage, and that's going to be reading it for us.
1: Thank you, Jim. It's good to be with you. It's good to be with our listeners. Uh, We do encourage you, as Jim said, to follow along with us as we look at uh, God's holy inspired word and see what we can glean from it to improve our lives and grow closer to God. Let's look at this passage in Mark uh, 4, verse 35. And we'll talk about this little phrase that Jim uh, has mentioned and um, what do we think this means. Um, Mark uh, four thirty-five. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Now, remember, we're going to come back to that little phrase, just as he was in a moment. And other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, this phrase here, Jim, just as he was, is uh, an interesting um, phrase. And we see that that they recognize the greatness of this man in verse 41. Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Well, obviously they're talking about uh, his deity, the power that he had, his omnipotence, uh, that the, the sea would obey his will, that, that by speaking, He could calm the sea. And so we see the disciples, uh, after spending much time with Jesus, realize who he was, and they took him just as he was. You know, Jim, we live in a time where um, people have tried to change the image of who Christ is. They've even tried to uh, make him into who they want him to be, Uh, Instead of trying to change themselves uh, to who he wants us to be, Uh, oftentimes we we see a savior uh, promoted in society, maybe as a a weak character or a uh, almost a sissy, you know, a a powerless uh, character that just, you know, the only part of the story we hear is. Him being crucified and giving up his life, and and they they downplay the great power that uh, Jesus had. We we know in John one that he was the creator of the world, that all things were made through him. I mean, this we're talking about the Godhead, part of the Godhead that that uh, hands were in creation, and I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but we have a responsibility as those who were created by him to take our creator just as he is who who are we as the uh, uh you know as the ant would talk up to us and say you know please uh, do do my will well it's in the similarity of us trying to say Let, let's um uh god jesus you, you do my will Well, that's the created telling the creator what to do. And so we have a responsibility, do we not, Jim, to take Jesus just as he is.
0: That's so true, Nat. Thank you for reading that passage. Nat has been reading for us Mark chapter 4, 35, uh, through the rest of that chapter. And as Nat has pointed out, there's a phrase there that they took him even as he was, or just as he was. And, uh. Uh, if we expect Christ to still the storm in our life, then we're going to have to take him just as he is. I like that, yes. And he, uh, they took him just as he was. He had stilled the great storm. And that's a very popular passage yes. where Jesus performed that miracle. They were amazed at that. And yet they were, a- they were able to see directly Jesus stilling the storm. But what the takeaway from that for me and I believe for our readers and listeners, is that um, we're going to have to take Jesus as he is. If we want him to bless our life, if we want him to still the storm in our life, if we want him to help us and bless us, we're going to have to take him even as he is and not try to change him into what we want him to be. And as you pointed out, Nat, he is to change us. We are not to change him. And I'll tell you why, because Christ is perfect Yes. and there's no lacking in his life. Christ can change you, but you cannot change him. Let's look at a couple of verses along that line. I'm thinking of Hebrews chapter five. I'll go ahead and read this. It's a very uh, familiar passage to you, I'm sure. And I'm looking at verse eight and nine and notice how he uses the word perfect here referring to Jesus. Hebrews 5, 8 and 9, though he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Well, this Bible passage is telling me Christ is perfect. You see, I can't change him. Now, he can change me if I will let it happen. Uh, Jesus is the one that can change my life, and there are no changes that can be made with regard to Christ. If we did, all we do is mar him or pervert the perfect character that he is. You see, that which is perfect really needs no change. Right. Uh, when you deal with the Savior, you're dealing with the unchangeable, and that's one of the important elements. There's another important part of this uh, that I think really deserves um, our consideration, That, if you will, read Hebrews 13. And in the 13th chapter of the book of Hebrews, there's verse 8, and uh, you see a little verse there that a lot of people love to quote that, and I don't think that they really understand the import of that passage, but at any rate, it surely does teach us this point, Hebrews thirteen eight, that that, um, you know, we can't change Christ. Go ahead and read that for us.
1: Sure. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, you know. Uh, jesus is an eternal figure Um, no uh, beginning no end Um, but also the attributes of jesus are not changing um you know oftentimes we see in scripture for example the change from old testament to new testament how god dealt with the children of israel in a direct um uh, confrontational way uh, and When they were in sin, he put a direct stop to it, often at the peril of their lives, cost of their lives, those who uh, disobeyed God. But in the New Testament, for example, we may not see that direct punishment take place for sin. But there is going to be a time where God's wrath is poured out on mankind, just like it was in the Old Testament. God's mind hasn't changed, and therefore Christ hasn't either. Christ is is one with god uh and so christ uh his mindset his his heart does not change on matters you cannot uh, change the things the commandments uh what he's asked of us to fit your needs um we cannot change god's word to fit our needs uh, christ is the author and uh of that word uh, through the holy spirit and Those words cannot be changed just because our lives don't meet the words. That's so true.
0: Nat's commenting on Hebrews 13.8. I hope you'll take a moment to read that. Uh, Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what Nat is saying is really true, that we can't change him, but he does change us if we let him. There's another verse like this, Hebrews 7.24. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood, that's Hebrews 7 and verse 24. You see, many would like to take Christ if they could modify him in some way. Right. And right. I think that's the point Nat is making. If they could make him fit into their little mold or make his thinking coincide with their thinking, then they would accept him. Yeah. Some would like to glamorize him and try to make a god of fashion out of Christ. And then some would like to take Christ if they could dictate the terms to Christ. And that's the point Nat is making also. If they could set their own policy and say, well, I will accept you if you agree with me. Some would try to modernize Christ and streamline his philosophy. You know, Nat, there's a great verse in Luke 19.10 that I'm going to ask that you read. And and it does tell us a lot about the nature, the purpose, and the mission of Christ, Luke 19.10. And and I'll let you read that and give our listeners um, a moment to turn to that and then see how that that fits into our total discussion about we must really take Christ as he is and let him modify and change us yeah. rather than us try to change him.
1: Um Luke 19:10 For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. You know, and that that was the goal of Christ. That was his mission to uh, seek and save the lost. Of course, all of us uh, fit in the last care, uh, category of being lost. Christ came to save all of us. Uh, now, we know uh, from Matthew seven twenty one, for example, that there are going to be some of those that cry out, Lord, Lord, on the day of judgment that will not be saved. Now, Jesus came to save them, but they will not be saved because they practice lawlessness. They did not do the things which Christ commanded. So that tells us there that he has a love for all lost. He he came to seek and save all who were lost, which is all of us. But there are going to be those that remain lost because for whatever reason, they didn't want to accept Jesus under his terms, under his commandments, under his will. And if we're not willing to submit to his authority, to submit to what He has asked of us, then I believe the true the same is true for us, that is true for those in Matthew seven twenty one that cry out, Lord, Lord, they too will be lost as and so will we if we do not um, abide in Christ and what he's asked us to do.
0: That's so true, Ned.
1: And Luke nineteen ten
0: passage is an important one I think to keep in mind. You may want to mark that in the pages of your Bible because it does talk about the fact that Christ came to change us and not we change him. But there's such a tendency today for us to try to change the nature, try to change the outlook, try to change the mission. As you pointed out, he came to seek and to save that which is lost, and that's us, not him. Uh, He doesn't need the changing. That's why he came, so that we would be changed. And if we want him to change our lives for the better and to be a blessing to our lives, make our lives of great value and worth, then we're going to take him even as he is. is. We're going to have to take him just as he is without trying to change him uh, in any form and fashion like we'd like. Now, there's an interesting thing about this, John chapter 2. There's a passage or two there that talks about the fact that Jesus knew all men. Uh, In fact, I was thinking about that. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them, verse 24, because he knew all people. And needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Yep. Jesus knows yep. who we are and what we are. Now that passage was John two, verse twenty four and twenty five. Uh, Jesus knows man. Uh, there's a passage in John chapter ten and verse ten. You may want to uh, read when you have the opportunity. He not only when he knows man, he knows the needs of men more than we ourselves. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. John chapter 10 and 10. He knows what we need. He knows that we need this life, this new life that can be found in Christ Jesus. See, why would we want to change Jesus? Jesus knows what's in the heart of every man. He knows what man really needs. Christ knows just how to meet man's every need. He he knows how to meet that need. Now, we think that we do. We think we know how to meet our needs, but really we don't. Yeah. It is Christ who really knows how to meet the needs of man. And so we need to take Jesus just as he is. Now, there's another point about that, and it kind of leads me into this discussion too, Nat, and that is our lives are an open book to Christ. Uh, seeing that he knows all men, John 2 and 24, and he knows the needs of men, John 10 and verse 10, and how to meet the needs of every man, Titus 2 and 14, uh, then there's nothing we can hide from Christ. That's right. uh, he knows everything that can be known about us. And that's this John 2, verse 24. There is um, a passage, um, Nat, that I'd like for you to read, and, and maybe we can spend a moment thinking about that. In Second Timothy 2 and verse 19, and if you're listening to us at home or if you happen to be at work or wherever you might be at the present, uh, why not turn in your Bible to this particular passage, Second Timothy two and verse nineteen, and uh, uh, read that uh, uh, read that for us. And I'm taking just a moment to turn over there myself, sure. and so that I can follow along in the reading and give everybody opportunity to get at that Bible selection. And that, if I uh, if I may, let me ask you to read Second Timothy two nineteen and then we'll make a comment about it as this passage also helps us understand how well Jesus knows us.
1: Yep. In verse 19, but uh 2 Timothy 2:19, 2, but God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. You know, I, Jim, I was looking up above this as you're talking and um there's two names up in verse 17 that uh, come into play in this this passage and sort of a little bit of the discussion that obviously these men, Hemanus uh, and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, uh, these were once men, and they're named another, uh, uh, another uh, passage, they were once faithful men of God. But just like in Matthew 7.21 says that there will be some that are turned away, we see here that that uh, that there's a seal that bears those who are his. Well, there are going to be those who are left out who have tried to make Christ be who they wanted him to be, uh, that they wanted to change uh, God, change his word, change uh, the mission of Christ into what they wanted to be. Well, Two are named here that were once faithful but that swerved from the truth, they swerved uh, from what Christ had to say, the gospel, and the 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 uh, ending for them will be that they they don't have an inheritance in the Lord. Uh, but let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. We have to see there that it is our responsibility to change. To remove ourselves from sin, from iniquity, if we're gonna, if we're gonna say that we're Christ, that we're His, then we've got a lot of changing to do, not the other way around.
0: That is so true, Nat. Uh He knows us, doesn't he? Is. he knows who we are and who we're not. And that's a good point about Hymenaeus and Philetus, and that is that they swerved from the faith and are no longer a part of Him. Yeah. And, uh, and they lost happen. their soul salvation. It could happen to us. It could happen to us. And it's a good warning that we ought to keep in front of us is he who thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall is the yeah. admonition that Paul gives. Yes. Jesus knows the heart of every man. Yeah. And we cannot forget that. Uh, we must understand that. We cannot say, you know, there was a passage in um, the book of Luke where, they blindfolded Jesus, yeah. you know, at the trials and the mockings yep. that they were putting him through before his crucifixion. And then they would take him and hit him, and say, Okay, prophesy who hit you. Yeah. Uh they tried to blindfold him. People try to do that. Yep. People try to put blinders or blindfolds on Christ, thinking that he doesn't know what they're doing, yep. thinking that he doesn't know how they're living, thinking that they're Uh, living the kind of life they can get by with it somehow or another, but you can't really do that. You can't put blindfolds on Christ. And then I got to thinking about that. Let's turn to Revelation 1, and uh, we're working on this fact. I'm looking at verse 14. Uh, Then I'd like to look at another verse in Revelation 2, uh, that you can't hide from Christ, that Christ knows all men. He knows the heart of all men. Uh, this is John's description of what he saw in Revelation one fourteen. The hairs of his head were white. He's referring to this revelation from Christ. Like white wool, like snow, his eyes were like a flame of fire. Uh, he's describing uh, Christ. And the symbolism there really is vivid in that it is describing the all-knowing mind, omniscient gaze of Christ uh, in our life. And then go over there to Revelation chapter 2, and notice what he says there. And the angel, verse 18, And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished brass. And what bronze, what he's saying there, Uh, Verse 19 is a good one to follow up with that. I know your works. You see, Christ knows us, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. I'm in Revelation 2, 18 and 19. I'm trying to understand what John meant when he wrote about Jesus and his eyes being a flame of fire. And then over here in chapter 1 and now in chapter 2, uh, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and he knows our works. He knows everything about us, verse 19. So people could try to put blindfold on Jesus and mock him and say, what do you think's happening to you now? But in reality, the truth of the matter is Christ knows. Christ knows our heart. Christ knows our life, and we must accept that. Now, some people will take Christ if they could take him uh, with blindfolders on. But we cannot do that with the Christ. Uh, Our point being today, you cannot change him. You cannot alter him. You cannot modify Christ. You cannot glamorize him nor streamline his thinking. Uh, You can't dictate policy to Jesus. Uh, You can't tell Jesus, well, I believe in you, therefore I'm saved. You can't dictate terms to Christ. You can only take him as he is. You can only take him at his word and what uh, that word means. Uh, you can't take him on your own terms. You can't blindfold him. You can't try to hide from him and do things that you think you're getting by with. You either take Christ even as he is or you don't take him at all.
1: You know, in Matthew 28, we're told that that Christ uh, was given all authority on heaven and on earth. What is the reason why he was given authority? Well, the reason he was given authority is because he was the author of creation. Yeah. He is the author. The word authority, uh, we get that from uh, the word author. He authorized because he is the author. His hand's created. And so, therefore, if, if we're reading a book, do we have the ability, Jim, to go and, and rewrite a book just because we don't like the way that book ends or the way that it, it sounds or comes, comes across to us? Or does the author of that book have the power over that book and what it is that it says we're under the authority of Christ because he is the author of creation, of our lives, of our, of our very existence, and of our salvation. And so, therefore, do we have any ability to change that which he commands, that which he asks of us, the word of God that he, um, through the Holy Spirit, has given to us? And the answer is, of course, no, we cannot change what Christ has authorized.
0: That's so true. And and uh, we've got to understand, I'm glad you went to that, Matthew 28:18 through 20. And, and I'm going to ask our listeners to do that. Yeah. Uh, the passage that Nat is reading and explaining for us is an important passage to keep in mind. Let me read it just for a second, sure. Nat, since we're spending sure. a moment of time on that. Uh, Nat referenced Matthew 28, and I'll begin the reading at verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, that's the point Nat's making. He has all authority, and we don't have the right to change that. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, one thing is for sure out of this passage. There are a number of things. But one thing is for sure, you make, Jesus told the apostles, you make disciples by baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Now, that's what a disciple does. A, A disciple is a person who's been baptized into Christ for the remission of sins, and he observes, respects, follows, obeys all the teaching of Jesus Christ. That's right. He doesn't try to change it. He doesn't try to modify it. He doesn't try to make it into something that he would like, make it a little more user-friendly, so to speak. <laughs> yep. But he, uh, the disciple, the Christian, is the one who's been obedient to the commands of Christ and have been baptized into Christ.
1: Uh, I absolutely agree with you, Jim. Um, Jesus is perfect. Why in the world would we want to change that which was perfect why would we want to change um, that unblemished lamb uh, unblemished sheep that died for us we need to remember where we fit into the puzzle that we are the created uh, and that the creator is the one who has the authority and the power and we don't need to try to change that so true Thank you for being with us. We look forward to the next time we can study God's word together with you.